Hi, this is Rod Kohansky, your host of Local First Podcast, connecting local businesses to your community. New episodes drop every Thursday at 3 p.m. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss an episode. I'd like to just take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Does your business software make less or more work for you? Think possibilities, think exacta. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk about how to sell big ticket items here. Um, I'm very intrigued about this because I have to sell big ticket items and I know a lot of people that do it as well. And in these trying times and during the pandemic and we're not out networking like we normally do, it can even be a little bit more difficult. So I brought in an expert, not only for myself, but for you as well. So I have, I'm, I'm going to try this, Celia Meisel. That's it. I got it. Yep. All right. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, I've been practicing this for about five minutes now, so it's all good. All right. So, Celia, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. You're good. You staying cool? I am. Yeah, I am. It's, it's been a crazy stretch of weather here. It has. So before we get into all the nuts and bolts of how to sell big ticket items, how did you know? What is your background? I mean, how did you get involved in all this into you know helping other people do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I had a background of selling very low ticket items for many years, and when I got into coaching, one of my early mentors introduced me to big ticket, high ticket. At the time, they called it high end, um, but really learning how to package your services and charge a higher price point for it to ultimately deliver a higher transformation or higher level experience for your buyer. And I was sold on it from the moment I started. I didn't even really had to th- have to think about it. It just was like, yeah, this is natural. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. So does that mean you get to work less? Sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> when, sometimes. You sell, when you sell something? Yeah. yeah. It, it really depends. I mean, some people, they think, I I never want to sell a high ticket item because then I'm going to be like, I'm selling my soul to that client. I'm going to, they're going to own me. And especially when you get into like 50K, 100K type packages, if it's a coach, they just get freaked out because they still equate dollars for hours, time for money. And it's the high level transformation and delivery that you're doing that you're actually charging for. That's interesting. I relate that kind of to, to being in real estate where, okay, I could sell this $100,000 house or this $300,000 house and spend the exact same time doing the same work. Exactly. And it's just all perception. Exactly. So how do you change that perception in someone's mind of going, okay, I'm not worth that amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'm only worth this mm-hmm. little bit. And yeah. I'm going to sell hundreds of these where I could sell mm-hmm. one of these. Yep, that's perfect. And the the first step is to your 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 worth is not associated with the charge of the service or the delivery. Your worth is priceless as a human and as a person. So there's a there's a detachment that has to happen and then you focus on the worth and the value of actually what you're doing and what you're delivering to the client and to the customer. So in your coaching, is it you're just doing coaching people on how how to sell coaching? 
No. So my clients are all indifferent. I've got clients who sell high ticket products. I've got clients who sell coaching. I've got thought leader experts, subject matter experts. So what I teach is not limited to a specific industry per se. Um, I do work with people who are independent representatives of their brand or of a brand. But no, it's not just coach selling coaching, selling services. It applies also to big ticket products. Big ticket. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure and get that straight yeah. so it's not going through it. So, I mean, what is the path that, that someone has to take to, you know, going from, you know, working from you and then actually starting to get that, you know, that, how do I say that? Um, Result? The, the courage that, the courage. that uh, I'm missing the word, the confidence mm-hmm. to be able to go out there and sit down and talk with a person and, and sell them on that big ticket item, regardless of what mm-hmm. it is. I mean, that's yeah. sometimes it's, you know, with the coaching, it's a little bit different than something you're selling a big ticket item to maybe a company where the sales process or the sales cycle is a little bit longer than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I do is I, I work with them at two levels, um, both the, like what I call the strategy, and that's broken down into three components, strategy, skill, and tactic. And we can talk about that more if you want to. And then we also work on the inner game. And so I give them challenges, things like stepping out of your comfort zone and picking up the phone, making calls. So I I work with both the inner and the outer game of selling. And in that process of getting out of your comfort zone, you break through a lot of the fears. And something that I've been working on in my own life and in my own training and bringing into my clients as well is like your fear is actually a source of opportunity and growth. And most people think that when they get that that trigger or that fear that they're doing something wrong. And what what is actually happening is your power is opening up, like your superhero powers are awakening. And now you have the opportunity to harness that and step through your fear and do something that's going to make you potentially a lot of money and definitely help you grow. And so it's really learning how your body is signaling that it's okay to move forward in the fear versus cowering and stepping away. And that's how that courage is developed. That is crazy. I've never heard of that before. Fear is a source of opportunity and growth. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm not going to take credit for that. That's from my, from a mentor I've been training with named Tim Grover, who wrote the book Relentless. Um, a lot of people have heard about that book. A lot of salespeople are really into that, but he's, I've been learning about that from him and it's just opened so many doors for my own self. And um, it helps you to break down all of those false beliefs that you might have about selling and about stepping out com- out of your comfort zone and charging big ticket. So, I mean, with that fear, you know, if someone comes in, I mean, how do you get out of that other than just re- repetition? I mean, for me, it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's just for me, it's just repetition, doing sure. it, doing it, doing it, and getting used to saying, hearing no a lot. Sure, sure, right. Because, well, so I found that there are core fears around selling, and one of them is no. Mm-hmm. And that comes to that um, taking it personally and making it about you, right? So it's when you detach from that, that it's, it's about the person and it's about their transformation and their result that they want. It's not about you. And you learn how to leave that stuff at the door. 
you get better at that. I also find that if you're, yes, repetition is good, but if you get into comfort, you can also get kind of complacent. Yes. And so I believe that the second that the fear goes away, it's time to stretch. It's time to go to the next level. It's time to go for that bigger opportunity. How do you recognize when you're getting comfortable? Sales go down? Yeah, or just you just, just find yourself wanting to pull back and, oh, like I've, you know, like if you've got a certain amount of, book to, of income for a while, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm good for, you know, the next six months or in the next year, like I'm fine. And then you just kind of pull back because you think you're set financially. Um, that's usually what people, when they pull back is when the money gets to a certain point and then they're like, oh, I'm good now. Could, and yeah. you got to stay, you got to stay hard. You got to stay on your game because those contracts, they're not for a lifetime. And then you have to kind of get back going again and, and get the pipeline working again. And, and that can be hard when you've gotten into your comfort zone. Oh, no doubt. So with the strategy piece of it, I mean, where do you start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so strategy, skill, tactic, those are my three pieces. So strategy, we look at the offer, the complete details of the offer so that you can talk about the offer. Um, we look at the buyer. Who is the ideal buyer for the offer? Um, we make sure that you have a clear understanding of the value versus the price. Um, we look at lead generation. So strategy is literally the most robust area of the sales process, um, the training process that is, and then that determines um, how you have your your conversations. It determines your, you know, your in the moment interactions with your buyers, your marketing. So when you, when you talk about when the buyer and your offer like that, I know some people try to sell to everyone mm-hmm. and that could be a huge hindrance. I'm raising my hand because um, I've been a victim of it. Sure. Do you recommend that, you know, uh, you know, regardless of what you're selling is a niche down as far as possible? Yes. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like. Where's that fine balance? Yeah. Where's the balance? So I, I, I don't know if I would. You can use niche. Um, definitely I use, I think more in terms of buyer psychology. So who is that person who's actively looking for the solution that you provide and what problems are they dealing with that they're trying to solve? Because they may not be looking for your solution directly, but they know they have the problem. So that's the core of what's called strategic selling, which is in the strategy piece, but it's selling in a way that communicates your offer as a solution versus just like something else to buy. And that develops into a skill? Yep. Okay, so yep. that's a second piece part of it. So that skill mm-hmm. piece of that, and then how do they hone those skills in? Mm-hmm. So your skill is your storytelling and your conversations. It's how you conduct a sales conversation. It's your active listening. It's your questions that you bring. So th- it's all. It's like your skill is like the prep work that you do. Like once your strategy is all worked out, then you're also able to build that skill set so you can sell the thing that you're there to sell. And so you want to have, you need to have that language of your buyer and understand who they are. And you need to have the language of your offer to be able to talk about it and bridge that gap between the person where they are and where they want to be or, you know, whether it's a, a product or a service. So do you, what do you do to the salesperson or the person that likes to sell or wants to sell and you can't get them to shut up? 
while I coach them and I tell them to shut, shut up. up. <laughs> yeah, I tell them what we do is we work on questions. Right. We work on questions. And if somebody comes to me and they're like, Celia, why, um, why didn't I close that deal? And I'll say, well, why do you think you didn't close the deal? And they'll say, well, I didn't follow the process. Right. Or I didn't ask the questions. <laughs> I didn't ask the questions. I missed <laughs> this spot. But it all comes back to the questions. I, I asked that because I, that's the questions that come down there. And I run into that as like, if you could sit down and just ask the right questions, they'll yeah. tell you. Basically, they'll tell you just about everything they yep. want. you need to know yep. and just listen. Yep. And the questions need to that you ask need to set up your your offer. I mean, you need to have you need to have it reverse engineered so you're not asking about their kids and about all of these unrelated things. It's those those problem specific questions. Right, right. And then we go into the tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your tactics are your 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 customer facing. So that's like when you're in the battlefield, so to speak, like you're, you know, you're messaging with the customer because this day and age, you could be on the phone, you could be on Zoom, you could be on text, you could be on chat. And so we are interacting with that, with that prospect and you're able to answer their questions in a way that sets your product or service up for the, as the solution. Also dealing with um, objections, being able to reframe objections, closing techniques. Um, so that's really that customer-facing engagement. And so all of that preparation helps you to be in command and be in charge in the moment. How do you see this sales process have changed since We've all been sheltered in place mm-hmm. and not been able to get out as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. How do you see that being changed and what other, you know, um, tactics or strategies are people taking to stay mm-hmm. in front of people? That's a great question. Um, so what I've seen, it really depends on your industry and where your business is. Um, you know, I can share a little bit. My personal journey was, you know, I was doing a lot of networking in person in uh, 2018 and 2019, but I had an online presence. And so I was able to quickly just shift everything on back online and just put my whole focus there and then start creating webinars and just just dialing up my online presence. So I find that people that are really depending on the in-person networking, um, my suggestion is to have some sort of technological lead gen, um, a way to get in front of people, whether it's your affiliates and your JVs, um, your, you know, going to your networking meetings. Um, but like you said earlier, like, before we got on, or since we've been on, oh yeah, just it was talk- before. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, because that's that's tough for me. And like I was, I was, we were talking a little bit earlier prior to I hit record. Is that networking for me? In my perception, is getting out in front of people. Even though I've done so many Zoom calls, one on ones, and stuff like that, it's just I the 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 thought of being on a Zoom call and listening to 30, 30 second pitches. My mind is just like, I don't know if I can handle that. Mm-hmm. I think after 10 of them, I'm just going to flake out or things like that. But what I've learned and as talking to my friend, and it's happened to me once or twice before, is that you're in a gallery view. You can actually reach out to people and, and, and talk to people in the chat. Mm-hmm. Either personally or before, while everybody else is doing your call. Mm-hmm. There's 30 seconds. So 
I'm back on it. There you go. There you go. I know, but we crave that in-person connection. And, you know, um, one thing that I, that has been pivot and that I've been a part of is, um, virtual. So events in person events that have moved online. And so I've had the opportunity to work sales teams for these virtual events and the sales, the attendance have been skyrocketed compared to the the in-person. Yeah. So, so it really kind of depends on your mind mindset and where your comfort zone is and and what you see is possible for your business because I think right now it's also a great time to like diagnose like if you only have one source of leads that's not a super healthy business you want to have multiple lead sources um, that you're working with otherwise you know if one of those dries up and your business has to suffer or whatever so it's it's like one of those times it's a big opportunity for growth along with those challenges. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So you just had to pivot a little bit and still get out there and do it. You yeah. Know, still people are still doing business, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely, right? Yeah. See? Don't let it, don't let it hold you back out there. Right. Not at all. So let's see here. How do people get a hold of you? Um, so they can they can find me on my website, celiafaymeisel.com. Um, I have a 20-minute free Sales Quantum Leap clarity call that people can do. That's a pitch-free call um, just to look at where they are in their sales strategy right now and where that next best move is for their growth. Um, I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook. So LinkedIn, I, I post there, but it's, I'm not hanging out on LinkedIn. But I'm, I'm there. I have a really? I, I like LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I, I don't. That's just me, though. Yeah, I like it, too. I really like Instagram. That's how I found you is on Instagram. Hmm, um, and I like the visual component. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. That is so cool. So what would be your ideal client? Um, who is my ideal client? Well, right now, because um, for anybody who's listening, I'm really looking to cl- connect with small business owners, with small sales teams um, that have some glitches in their process right now and and want to help their their team improve their mindset, improve the results, get do some fundamentals work, kind of get back in the game and get their head straight for moving forward for the rest of this year. So that's the, that's the type of person I'm wanting to connect with, um, but also entrepreneurs who um, want to raise their rates, want to have that what I call the sales quantum leap, either going from selling single sessions to high ticket packages. Um, if they have a high ticket product or service and they want to increase conversions, because I tend to get people that they do a lot of networking and they're like, Celia, you know, I'm talking to all these people, but my conversion rate is, is low. Like nobody's buying. I think more people should be buying what's going on and those are the people I love to support and work with. And you don't have to be local, do you? No, nope. I work with people all around the around world. world. Yep. Yep. I've been global. And one of my first clients was from Australia. So really? Yeah. Back in 2016. So I've had international France. Actually, my client before that was from France, but yeah, international. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love it. I love yeah. it. So you guys got to go onto her website. Celia mm-hmm. and then go to the blog page and there are a lot of good articles yeah on we do here. a lot we do almost a weekly video uh, that I post on YouTube and I'm always doing education about mindset strategy different tools
tools that you can use to make those quantum leaps, to improve your messaging, improve your conversions. I like to give a lot of value to my community. I love it. I love it. So I, I have a question about one of the articles on here because okay. she's a good friend of mine. Who is that? Put a, put a good plug, plug in there. Zelda. You know Zelda? I've known Zelda for, oh my God, 12, 15 years. Oh my gosh. Her and Patrick. They are one of the coolest couples I've met in a long, long time. I've known Patrick. I knew Patrick, and then I met uh, Zelda through Patrick okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, Zelda and I connected. We met through networking, and when um, right after um, the George Floyd murder, um, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches were rallying like we need to, you know, support and uplift our, the black community and black entrepreneurs. And so she and I had had a connection. And so I reached out to her and um, wanted to have a conversation with her on her expertise, which is black burnout. And she was a medical examiner for many years. And so that's a very, very insightful interview. We've gotten a lot of really positive feedback and reviews on that, that people have just been moved by the information that she shares, especially in Milwaukee on homicide and just the stress that racism is causing. Um, so it's a very enlightening interview. And I was so gracious that she, um, she's good people. She's good people. She's really good people. Yeah, and I, she's a health coach too. Right. And she is a health coach. I, I love it. Those, she was like, they're the oddest couple you ever meet, but they are so cool. <laughs> I just love them. I love them. So I see that on there. Yeah. Cool. That, that is so cool. So, all right. So you guys know how to get a hold of her. Make sure that you do that. So right now we're going to turn and have a little bit more fun and we're going to okay. get into some rapid fire questions. Okay. Let's okay. Go. All right. So before we get into that, let me make sure I'm prepared. Okay. It's because I never know what I'm going to ask. Before we get, as I'm setting up for this, what's got you fired up about the future? Um, what's got me fired up about the future? I'm really into quantum physics and like parallel alternate realities and timelines. And so I'm always excited about exploring that stuff and like creating my future with intention. So that's, that's fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Wow, I was like, I didn't see that, that, co- I didn't, I didn't see that coming. That was like, first time I asked someone that, they go, quantum physics. All right, well, Curveball. Curveball. I was like, not a whole lot I could say about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, where was I? All right. <clears throat> so I'm just going to push these out there and see what okay. happens. Uh, favorite junk food? Oh, my gosh. Uh, favorite junk food. I was eating Mary's Gone Crackers today. I have a lot of food allergies, so my, my junk foods are kind of limited. Okay. Favorite number? Seven. Seven. Okay. Do you wear socks with sandals? No, I have sandals on today. <laughs> no socks. <laughs> uh, Do you? Yes. Just in the house, though. Okay, okay. Just, just in public. the house. And they're not the sandals where you put your toes in there. They're okay. like, they're the Adidas with the go over the, over the top. Oh, and, those, okay. Yeah, so they're not, and I'm not outside. Maybe, like, in, the, maybe in the backyard. Okay. <laughs> but, I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not going in public <laughs> just to keep my, form, my feet warm. <clears throat> okay. All right. Name, let's see, name three of the seven dwarfs. Oh, my gosh. I, Sleepy... Curly, but that was a three stooges. <laughs> Dopey? 
don't cranky, be cranky, grumpy, grumpy. All right, so we're gonna drop the mic on that. Okay, one. that usually gets people. I don't know why, and I'm learning more about seven dwarfs every time I ask that question. There you go. There you go. <laughs> See, I thank you so much for being on the show, guys. If you like what you hear, and make sure you share it with at least one other person that you like. Um, I love your feedback. Did you, you can listen on your favorite app. Also, you can find me on any social media. All you got to do is search for Local First Podcast. And again, I thank you guys for coming. And I can do a quick plug for my sponsor, Exact Corporation. Uh, taking the chaos out of your business. Think possibilities. Think exact. Uh, thank you so much, Celia. Thank you. Thank you.